everybody. Welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch on streaming over the weekend. And we're going to get right into this, and I will throw it over to Bill. Oh, thank you. Well, okay, so I've got two movies today, a really good one, and then something directed by Jerry Warren. Okay, so the first one, the good one, is called Conspiracy. Who's throwing up over there? Ah, oh, nicely done, Giz. Nicely done. <laughs> You found the one book that was on the open floor. Um, that, anyway, they're good at that. It's uh, it's called Conspiracy. It was uh, filmed in 2001. It's on HBO. And directed by Frank Pearson, who wrote Dog Day Afternoon. Did It was a pretty good writer. Did did some directing, but is mostly known for his, his writing. Also did Cat Baloo. And this is uh, based on the, um, the Wannasee Conference, where... 1942, a bunch of some of the worst Nazis, you know, the cream of the crop, as it were, got together, including uh, Heinrich and uh, Eichmann, to basically come up with the final solution. Um, and you got Kenneth Branagh as um, Heinrich, and Stanley Tucci as Adolf Eichmann, and they're fantastic. They got a bunch of these people there. And it's 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 interesting. It's fascinating because uh, you know these idiots all think they're going there to kind of come up with some some you know namby pamby sterilization or sending everybody to Malaysia or whatever. And it's already been decided. The Holocaust has already been decided. They're just trying to get these bureaucrats on board to you know share the blame and just let them know how things are going to go. And even though these people are scum of the earth, some of them are genuinely horrified at how things are going. But no, that's what happens. It's it's talky, but you know, come on, this is it doesn't need any more drama than just these these Nazis sitting around a table, just discussing bit by bit, slowly being drawn into the the final horror here. Absolutely well done. I mean, for a movie that basically takes place at a table, it's riveting and just an absolute killer cast. Tucci and uh, Bronag are fantastic as as you would expect, but everyone just hits it out of the park. So, uh, highly recommended, um, Conspiracy 2001 on HBO, and I will throw this over to Paul. Why, thanks. And, and I'll definitely second that one. It's, it's, it, like you said, it really shouldn't work in terms, but it's so fascinating. It, it, and it's shot well in terms of, like you said, even though it's sort of like 12 Angry Men, you know, and yeah. you have this group of people around a table. But yeah, no, fascinating thing about some really horrible, terrible people. <laughs> so, uh, well, well, changing gears. My my theme this week is, gee, for some reason it's going to be trippy films, films that are a bit trippy. And the first one, at times, doesn't seem like it, but trust me, by the end it will be. It's Enemy uh, by Denis Villeneuve, um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal as man who basically runs into his doppelganger. And I'm just going to leave it there, hmm. but it's one of those ones that. It's one of those ones where the the whole genre of YouTube videos of the any the ending of Enemy explained the whole reason <laughs> I think those exist from this movie because yeah. <laughs> you sit there and you go and if you're paying attention, it, I think it would still be a surprise, but it would at least make a little bit more sense. It's one of those ones you really have to sit there talk about, maybe read some things on. Apparently, even the cast is like signed NDAs to not talk about what it means. Um, <laughs> It's 
it that it's it's one of those ones where you're like i actually had to rewind the because the, the, well not rewind but it was on dvd but zoom back and go did i just was that th what huh and yeah it's enemy oh where the hell is it playing paul good question why it's not <laughs> playing on hbo max which is getting rebranded to just max which is always confusing because i would can think it'd be like cinemax but no no it's hbo max or now max uh uh, Canopy with a K, DirecTV, and uh, on Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, wait, that's who's in it. So, yeah, so HBO Max, Canopy, and DirecTV, that's Enemy from 2013. And, and speaking of doppelgangers, I'll pass this to Zach. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, very appropriate that you would throw it my way, because we've, uh, we've got a Jake Gyllenhaal unsatisfactory ending double feature going down. <laughs> you didn't know this, but... Um, <laughs> Because uh, that's actually uh, kind of the theme of my first pick. Uh, I'm going to read you uh, the synopsis of this film. Uh, this is uh, uh, one of David Fincher's lesser appreciated movies. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of movies. Fight Club, Gone Girl, lots of popular films. Uh, I think this one's a little less talked about. Um, let me read you the, the synopsis here. Um, a cartoonist teams up with an ace reporter and a law enforcement officer to track down an elusive serial, ki serial killer. I just wanted to read that synopsis because it's so bad because it's so incorrect. <laughs> That's absolutely not what the movie's about. Of course, I am talking about 2007's Zodiac, uh, where Jake Gyllenhaal plays Robert Graysmith, who famously wrote a uh, book about the Zodiac killings. And uh, Gyllenhaal uh, uh, plays Graysmith. Uh, it is based on his book. And... Uh, <laughs> Like I said, uh, it's a great movie. Uh, obviously, if you know anything about the Zodiac killings, uh, there's not a lot of resolution, which I'm sure a lot of audiences didn't appreciate. I'm sure they wanted to go into the Zodiac movie finding out who the Zodiac killer was, um, and they were probably sorely disappointed. Uh, it's it's kind of a I don't know the 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 uh, the, the 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 structure is a little. Uh, well, it's actually, I think, I think it's realistic. Let's let's say that it's realistic. It's not beholden to the traditional kind of three act structure. Uh, so it kind of jumps around a little bit because obviously this was a case that was, uh, you know, uh, went on. the The killings uh, happened over a period of years, and the investigations and uh, the Graysmith's writing of his book uh, went on for you know years, decades. Uh, so it does kind of jump around a little bit, but I actually kind of appreciate that it doesn't try. Uh, I'm sure that I have not read the book. I'm sure that there's still some dramatized stuff in here, but it doesn't try to like condense the entire story down into a very clear kind of three act uh, movie. Um, and speaking of speaking of uh, stacked casts, which is actually kind of my theme today. Uh, so you got Jake Gyllenhaal as Robert Graysmith. Uh, you got uh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, you got Robert Downey Jr. You got Anthony Edwards. You got John Carroll Lynch. You got Elias Cotillas. You got Brian Cox, you got Clea Duvall, uh, you've got Donald Logue. This is just an incredible, incredible cast. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, again, if you're going into this movie looking for like a clear-cut resolution, uh, a thriller where uh, the in the end, you know, the the killer is brought to justice. Well, uh, unfortunately, that's not the case here. Um, but uh, it's a great film. Like I said, uh, David Fincher, top of his game here. And it's a movie I watch, uh, I think I've watched it uh, probably about three or four times since it came out. And I always appreciate it. And this one is playing on Showtime and Fubo. And uh, speaking of uh, potential Zodiac killer suspects, which I refuse to rule out, 
Uh, Renee, what is <laughs> what's, what's your first pick uh, for for today? And also, where were you on uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen sixty nine? And was it in Vallejo, California? Uh, it, it was not. Okay. Um, yes, yes. Okay. I was not alive yet, but I, well, I most certainly was there in spirit. Wait, so that means God. you don't have an alibi. Mm, true. <gasps> oh. You know what I love about that is that I just had the same conversation with somebody just a couple months ago, and I asked them the exact same question, and they too weren't <laughs> born yet. <laughs> anyway, it's an important question. I think you should ask as many people as you can. Anyhow. Uh, so, you know, after you get done watching The Zodiac and you're hungry for justice, you really need to see the bad guy get it in the end. I've got something for you. Yes. See, <laughs> a lifeguard, a lifeguard with abs, caught wind. Of <laughs> She's got some abs and they will feature them to you prominently through the whole movie. Um, she caught wind of some anomaly. In this in the coast off San Diego, and she brought together a ragtag group of people to take care of this animal before it destroys the whole bay. Um, <laughs> and guess who's guess who's in this uh, crew of people? Why one of them would be David Faustino <laughs> from Married with Children, and the other would be the one and only Mr. Jeff Fahey. Lawnmower man himself. Yeah, you have my attention. The lawnmower. Died, the lawn, waiting for the you. lawnmower man himself. The lawnmower man himself, <laughs> and which also the lawnmower man is. I believe it is. It still on there? I don't know. I recommended that. I can't believe it was November. That was mm. feels like it was much. Sooner I've, I've watched it. So I've watched ago. it every day since, though. <laughs> As you should. I appreciate that somebody watches my recommendations. Uh, so yeah, this movie is pretty. Silly. I was going to call it stupid. This movie is pretty silly. It's <laughs> it's called Atomic Shark, and of course, it is available where else but Tubi. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So I'll pass this over to Bill. <laughs> okay. Atomic Shark is probably Citizen Kane compared to the next mess that I'm talking about. So, <laughs> filmmaker Jerry Warren. Is holds a special place in my heart because he is the person who gave me an epiphany about movies. When I was a kid, we had three channels. I was old. It was, it was different back then. But they showed a lot of movies. Movies all the time. All kinds of good stuff. So I got to see a lot of things. And I quickly realized I loved horror. Loved science fiction and fantasy. And I'd watch anything if it was even remotely, you know, kind of grazed on that. And I, I quickly figured out some movies are better than others. Universal films and Hammer films are better than um, PRC or monogram films. It didn't take a genius. Harryhausen films are always great. But even the bad ones were watchable. I mean, watchable more than once. And they would get shown a lot. You know, oh, you get you get the TV guide, you go through, it's like, what are they going to show? Oh, it's the Four Skulls of Jonathan Drake. Well, I was hoping for Attack of the 50-Foot Woman or... Attack of the Crab Monsters or something with attack in it. But anyway, yeah, but it was all right. And then I watched The Incredible Petrified World. And I realized that there were some movies that were so bad, even though they were horror, I would never watch them again. That if it was a choice between <laughs> watching this movie again and just going to sleep, staring at the wall and making movies <laughs> in my head it would be much more entertaining than watching The Incredible Petrified World. 
And over time, I began to realize there were a few movies like that. And more often than not, they were directed by Jerry Warren, who was an untalented hack. He, um, he did a lot of stuff. Well, he made a bunch of movies, and then he stopped making movies after The Wild Wild World of Batwoman, because he got sued. And then about 20 years later, after not watching any movies for all those years, someone said, hey, horror movies are making money again. So in 1981, he produced his final opus, Frankenstein Island. <laughs> produced, written, composed, edited, and directed by Jerry Warren. There is no one else to blame. And of all the Jerry Warren films in the world, it's his best. It is terrible. There is no reason to watch this unless you are forced to because Decades of Horror has listened, foolishly listened to some of the writers who keep suggesting this thing because apparently we hurt them in some way. And I'm going to be talking about this at great length on Wednesday. A hot air balloon crashes onto a remote and uncharted island, stranding four guys and a dog who are then kidnapped by pirates. You can tell they're pirates because one of them has an eye patch and he laughs at every single line. The same ha 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 laugh. Before he gives a line, says his line, laughs again. He's a pirate. They take him to a laboratory home of Sheila Frankenstein, <laughs> played by Catherine Victor, who is Batwoman, and uh, in The Wild World of Batwoman, and who's an actress I actually kind of like, even though she was in wretched movies. She was in every movie Jerry Warren ever made, but I've always kind of liked her. Um, she is turning shipwrecked sailors into zombies. Now, don't get excited. These zombies look like Larry Bud Melman from the old David Letterman show. Um, I don't know if he really knew what zombies were because he made a movie called Teenage Zombies and there weren't any zombies in that either. <laughs> they, these zombies, and I am not making a word of what I'm about to say up, they wave those little plastic pitchforks that you can buy in the dollar store around Halloween. They're about 18 inches long, and only look like something a devil would use if they were being held by a really small child. But that's what they hold. All plastic, not even repainted or anything. And they wave them around um, on these women. Oh, by the way, there's a tribe of primitive bikini-clad Amazon jungle girls uh, in, the, in the island. And if you wave the pitchfork over them, they turn into vampires. It later, turn, yeah, it later turns out that these, these girls... Um, who are all wearing the same leopard bikini print, although there are no leopards on the island, but of course not. They're all turned into bikinis. Um, these <laughs> girls are actually um, the descendants of a highly advanced alien race that landed on the island years ago. And you think, wow, that's going to come into play. Nope. Nope. Not, actually, nothing does. Um, Sheila Frankenstein, for example, has uh, a 200-year-old husband, Dr. Van Helsing, who just sits in bed, and she's trying to uh, save him by using the blood of Cameron Mitchell. Poor Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> he made he, he ended up you know being in some porn movies, but at least he could walk out of that with a sense of pride. Not this one. He's just in, in jail quoting Poe. And, uh, and that's it. He just shows up. Um, oh, oh, then every now and then, because Cameron Mitchell's not the big name star in this one, it's actually John Carradine. Because every now and then, for no reason at all, he shows up as this disembodied head who starts what? sprouting off about the power, the power, the power. He's got a great voice. It must have taken 15 minutes to film in a garage somewhere all of Carradine's lines. How, what he got paid for this, I can't even imagine. But, you know, the, the folks like Mitchell and Carradine had a lot of ex-wives and they weren't getting a lot of good roles. They took literally anything that came along. It's heartbreaking. Um... 
you know, this movie goes on for a long time and lots of, lots of things happen and none of it makes sense and none of it holds together. It's completely random. And just when you think, oh God, this mess is over, you might get a little voice in your head saying, you know, I know they, I know her name's Sheila Frankenstein, but is it really a Frankenstein movie if it doesn't have a monster? And out of nowhere, he pops up. He just comes walking out of the water and they have this big fight scene between the girls, the zombies, the sailors, uh, the pirates, and... Um, Frankenstein's monster who just sort of stands in the middle and goes rawr and moves his arms around, knocks over a couple of water jugs. And that's about it. And, um, yeah, in the end they escape from the Island and it turns out it was all a dream or was it? Yeah. Apparently it was a dream because they go back to the Island. The Navy comes back to rescue the jungle babes and there's absolutely nothing there. There's no laboratory. There's no people. There's no Frankenstein. So it was all just a dream. Or was it? Because then the dog <laughs> comes back with holding a bracelet, which I'm, <gasps> I think was probably on one of the space babes or something. But, you know, they really didn't say anything about it. So I completely missed it. This movie is like one of those terrible men's magazines from the 1950s that just have these ridiculous plots that just stack one thing on top of another. Um, so it's got that going for it. But you just can I cannot convey to you the sheer incompetence and overwrittenness of, of Jerry Warren. He never made a good movie. He ruined a lot of movies, but he, he never really made a good one. He, um, he would just take foreign films and um, cut hours and hours of stuff out of them. Well, not hours. Cut at least a, a half an hour. Of, of stuff out and then he would realize his films were now too short so he had to film some stuff usually with um you know john carradine and these long rambling dialogues that would just go on forever and ever and just never stop and and, and then then he would release them and they were terrible the originals were actually okay but good luck good luck finding anything um i wanted to I, geez i thought i had it here there was a quote that he had, um, dang, 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 I lost it here. There was a quote that just so completely synthesizes everything that you could ever uh, want to say about this guy. And, and it was it essentially just comes down to, uh, you know, I was in the business to make money, make a buck. And he did, he made a buck. And if he could have spent a little bit more to make a buck and a half, his attitude would be basically... Eh, I'm happy with a buck. You know, there's a lot of bad filmmakers out there, the Ed Woods and Larry Buchanan's and, and all those folks. They were bad, but I always got the feeling that they loved movies and they just didn't have the talent to really pull it off. But he just seems like a real cynical guy who's just in, you know, trying to make things as easy as possible. Here's the quote. I was in the business to make money. I never, ever tried in any way to compete or to make something worthwhile. I only did enough to get by so they would buy it so it would play and I'd get a few dollars. It's not very fair to the public, I guess, but that was my attitude. You didn't have to go all out and make a really good picture. I, I, I kind of admire the honesty, you know, but holy smokes, what a cynical crap attitude and that's the kind of film you get. So I hope I haven't made this sound interesting enough to actually seek out. But if, 
But if you must, it's I'm sure it's on Tubi and YouTube and just about everywhere. This thing for for a movie that looks like it should it should immediately have been just ground up into dust. It actually got released. There's multiple releases of it. There's multiple posters. I found some ads and newspaper ads. This thing actually was released onto a public in 1981, even though it would have looked outdated in 1951. So there you go. <laughs> Frankenstein's Island. If you're a glutton for punishment, seek it out. And then, and then just go watch all the Jerry Warren movies you can. Shine on, you crazy fool. And I will send this over to someone who hopefully has a better movie to recommend, Paul. Why, yes, I do. Now... Whether you can make sense of this one is uh, is another story. But this is actually a pretty fantastic movie. It's Holy Motors from 2012 by director Leos Carax, I believe is the his name. It's French primarily. And it stars uh, Dennis Levant. And essentially he plays, I guess his name is Mr. Oscar. He's picked up by a white stretch limo early in the day. And he has various appointments. It's about nine appointments, eight or nine appointments. Each one, he essentially, is he an actor? I guess, maybe. He puts on makeup, he does a role, he plays somebody completely different. But there's no camera, there's no crew. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Well, sometimes there's a crew, there's a motion capture sequence. There's What does it mean? I'm not entirely certain. It is pretty fantastic, though. It's 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 really a trip. Um, it is, it's there's some really fun sequences. There's a sequence where um, Dennis Levant brings back his uh, Mr. Oscar becomes a character that from an earlier Leo's Carax movie called Monsieur Merde, Merde, basically Mr. Shit. Um, ah. <laughs> and it is it's actually a really funny sequence. And uh, it is uh, it, it it's just this weird trippy movie. Uh, uh, Kylie Minogue, is it Minogue? Is, I can never remember if you pronounce mm-hmm. the G or not. Minogue uh, mm-hmm. is in it as well. There's a bunch of people. There's, you know, it's it's um, uh, Eva Mendez is in there for a bit. It's uh, it's on Roku, Tubi, Canopy, Redbox, Fandor, Pluto TV, Shout TV, and Plex. And it's Holy Motors, and it is it's it's a trip. It's really fun. It's don't hurt your brain too hard trying to like make sense of it i'm sure you can find some analysis of you know it's talking about that i don't know but it's, i think it's one of those films that might even be more fun just to watch and take as almost as a tone poem and you're just kind of absorbing it uh and so but that's holy motors from 2012 again on roku Tubi, canopy Redbox, fandor pluto tv shout factory tv and plex and talking about somebody who plays all sorts of different characters and rides around in a white stretch limo it's Zach. Oh, you got me. Um, this is actually just one of the many characters I play. This is uh, just, but yeah, you, I, I hope no one actually thought this was a real person because that would be pretty absurd. Um, so, AI generated. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. I am one hundred percent AI generated. Uh, so, <laughs> so my my theme my theme this week was kind of stacked casts in uh, films. That I think are a little underappreciated, and I gotta say, you know, Zodiac. Uh, I don't think it's uh, David Fincher's most well-known film, but uh, I think it's a movie that most people have seen or heard about. Uh, my second pick is an action film that, for some reason, I never hear discussed, and I don't know why. Because every time I watch it, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. It's not the best movie ever made, but it's kind of like end-to-end, just ridiculous action. 
Uh, the, the film is from 2007. It is called Smokin' Aces. And uh, it's basically about uh, a, a snitch who is a Las Vegas performer. And, uh, well, he gets a, a price put on his head. So a bunch of uh, hit people, not just hit men, hit people uh, come to kill him. Uh, this movie is a lot of fun. It's just ridiculous. Like I said, I mean, it's just like tons of over-the-top action. Uh, Jeremy Piven plays the guy who uh, is is uh, has a has a price on his head, and uh, there are a number of uh, hit people and FBI agents. And uh, l- let me just read some names here, okay? Let me just let me just go through some names here. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Andy Garcia, Chris Pine, Ray Liotta, Alicia Keys, Common, Taraja P Henson, uh, Ben Affleck, Peter Berg, Matthew Fox, Jason Bateman, Nestor Carbonell, which no one. Probably knows who that is, but he's a he's a great actor. <laughs> Batman, you uh, Kevin Durand, Joel Edgerton. I mean, uh, this is just uh, such a great movie. People just keep showing up, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, some people just show up for like one or two scenes, and uh, it's totally ridiculous. Probably my favorite is this. Uh, I think it's Chris Pine, Kevin Durand, and I can't remember the third guy. They're like these really weird, like Aryan Brotherhood guys. Totally over the top, totally ridiculous, totally bizarre. Um, it's basically a bunch of different characters who like feel like they're in different movies, but unlike a lot of movies where that just takes you out of it, like somehow it works in this movie. Um, yeah, uh, the movie is Smoke and Aces. It's a lot of fun. I, for some reason, again, no one talks about this movie, and I don't know why, because it's one of those movies I watch from time to time, and I always enjoy it. It's always ridiculous. Uh, it's playing on HBO Max. So, uh, you know, go, go check it out. Go, go, uh, have, watch Zodiac, uh, get, get a little depressed, get a little sad, and then, uh, come down with Smoke and Aces, because it's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of people, or things that are a lot of fun, uh, Renee, what's your <laughs> second pick for the week? Well, thank you very much. So, you know, you're watching Atomic Shark, you're, you know, the, all that heat, the radioactive <laughs> heat, and the, you're at the beach, and you're so hot, and you're like, how do I cool down? You go, you go to the mountains, you know, maybe you go skiing. You can, you can meet up with like maybe an Olympic training team might be out there. You could watch stuff. It'd be really cool. Maybe like a government facility might be there that you could tour. You just don't know what kind of interesting projects they might be working on. Like, like spiders or something. Um, um, yeah, you know, and, and it's okay. I mean, you know, they they usually don't have accidents when spiders escape, but... Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, you know. Well, it just so happens that, that it did happen. But luckily <laughs> for everyone, uh, Patrick Muldoon was there uh, in the form of Dan Dash Dashel, the pro skier. <laughs> who, is, who is retired now and is at this mountain. And don't worry, because he's going to help everybody to uh, save the day. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This movie is so ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't be bothered to to really find anything, you know, good. Yeah, uh, I think it pairs well <laughs> with your previous film. I think so. Yeah. So anyway, this movie is called Ice Spiders. It's available on Amazon Prime and Roku and, of course, Tubi. Yeah. So (laughs) that's my recommendation. God, I'm so sorry. I'm just getting worse at this every week. Um, (laughs) Worse or better, Renee? Yeah, worse or better. better. I'm just really honing in on my my niche. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I think that's all we have. 
Does anybody have anything to sing us out with? Guys, anything? Well, if mm. not, I, I do have, uh, oh, since boy. Kylie Minogue was in, <laughs> was in Holy Motors, I think oh. we should go back to, you know, her first hit, which originally, of course, it was a little Leva song, but it was Kylie Minogue's first hit. So it's a locomotion. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. I know you'll get it like it if you give it a chance now. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. My little baby sister can do it with ease. It's easier to learn than your ABC. For the weekend of April 21st, Bill recommended Conspiracy, available on HBO Max. And he did not recommend Frankenstein Island, available on Tubi and Pluto TV. Paul recommended Enemy, available on HBO Max, Canopy, and DirecTV. And Holy Motors, available on Tubi, Canopy, Redbox, Pluto, and a handful of other places. I recommended Atomic Shark, available on Tubi. And Ice Spiders, available on Amazon Prime, Roku, and Tubi. Zachary recommended Zodiac, available on Showtime and Fubo. And Smoke and Aces, available on HBO Max. So come on, come on, do the locomotion with me. You gotta swing your hips now. <laughs> come on, baby, jump He's up. He's got all the verses. And, yeah, 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 that's, that's what we so, did there. That song is totally about sex, and it's got to bring your little baby sister in. Yeah, that's uh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, for, for some, for what? some reason, it's about I've gone sex? Through, I, <laughs> I thought it was about dancing. Mm. Sure, yeah, move your hips now. We do that when you dance, you know, Bill. Not everything's about sex. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know. Footloose. Footloose. Oh. I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> um, it made me think of that song, Holy Diver by Dio. Mm, but in my mind, wrong. I was thinking Holy Motor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Can you sing that? Holy Diver? No. I think Holy Diver's about sex, too. I'm just, I'm no, just... no! Holy Diver, oh. Soul Survivor... Uh, Ice Spiders is about sex, too. Well, yes. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, I think it actually, that actually kind of ties in with my first recommendation. That's the weird thing. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> in fact, if you, could, if you just splice those movies together, they seamlessly blend into each other. They do. That's true. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> now, now I'm looking at the lyrics of... Holy Diver and trying to uh, analyze them as as uh, a song about sex. Um, <laughs> you've been down too long in the midnight sea. Oh, what's Whoop. becoming of me? Ride the tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to Dio's... be Fellini to figure this one out. <laughs> 